yes. We're back. We're back. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm saying welcome to every single person listening to this right now. How's it going, guys? How are you doing today? It's a lovely day as I'm recording this intro. And we got a lovely episode coming up. Very important episode, but lovely at the same time. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after this sponsor. Okay, so my guest is Abigail Rubio. And you may or may not, depending on uh, how frequently you frequent this podcast, uh, you may or may not recognize that last name, Rubio, because I had Geneva Rubio on previously, the podcast. And uh, Geneva is Abigail's younger sister. Abigail found out about the podcast and reached out to me and was like, hey, dude, I want to come on your podcast because I'm older, I'm wiser, no offense, Geneva, and I got a story to tell you, I got insight, and so look, I was like, fuck, yes, I've run the Scientology thing into the ground, even though we do talk a lot about Scientology, um, you know, I'm like, all right, good, I don't want any more Scientology guests for a long time, so now I guess I'm doing Jehovah's Witnesses, so here we go. Abigail, thank you so, so much for reaching out and coming on and being amazing. Also to your boyfriend, future husband, uh, Fabio. Uh, awesome stuff. So here we go. Get ready. Get set. It is the older sister of Geneva Rubio, Abigail Rubio. All right, so we're going to get to the bottom of this Jehovah's Witnesses stuff because um, it's a newfound passion of mine. So, because I, I was telling you I ran the Scientology thing into the ground. So now it's time to switch over to Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, so, Abigail Rubio, hello. I feel like I have to just call you Abigail Rubio, like the entire name. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. I'll take it. You'll take it. It's not awkward. That's it's my first and last name. Abigail Rubio's 101. Um, so yeah, you reached out to me, which is really cool because your sister Geneva was on the podcast right? and, uh, we kind of skimmed. I like, did you listen to the whole podcast? I did. I finished it this morning at work. I started it yesterday and I finished it this morning at work. So like, and like it went like, it was like half to help with stuff and then half like sharks and like movies. Yeah. 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 Just like kind of rambling on. Um, so we kind of skimmed the surface and I was telling you, cause we talked on the phone yesterday, just sort of like preliminary stuff. I was like, I feel like Geneva doesn't really have as much knowledge. She has knowledge, mm -hmm. but she doesn't have as much knowledge as you have because you're, what, almost 10 years older than her? Right, right, right. So I was in it longer and I was in it deeper than she was. Like she never was super into it. And I, I was though. Yes. There, there we go. I switched the screens until we need YouTube. Um, okay. So, yeah. So I had no clue Jehovah's Witnesses were basically, because I, I pulled up the Leah Remini episode. I haven't watched it yet. But uh, in that preview, they were like, it's basically Scientology, but 8 million members. So more, yeah. more people are involved in Jehovah's Witnesses than Scientology, which is alarming to me because if they're similar, then that just means more people are involved in this stuff. But I had no clue. I just thought Jehovah's Witnesses were, no offense, really annoying people that just knocked on your door. No, <laughs> and you were like, get, get, you know, like, like you pulled a Grand Torino, Clint Eastwood, and you were like, get off my property. And that's happened. That's happened before. Really? Yeah, that's happened before. Feel free to 
Tell me, because I'm because <laughs> I'm curious now. Um, there was a time when so you go like door to door, and there was a time where, um, not with me, but with someone else. I've seen the house, but not this particular house. But there's been several houses before. Anyways, where you go to someone's door, and this happened with an older gentleman in the congregation, and like someone else with him. When they knocked on the guy's door, he came to the door and was like, "I'm with a gun," and was like, "I'm so sick of y'all." get off of my property now so then what the elders in the congregation do at that point is they mark that down as like a do not call on this person okay because it's not safe wow mm-hmm. and that's so, so one time only like that's the only time or was this a multiple no. wait you mean like you know this happens all the time like in places probably a lot too in the south or like places where like yeah um like gun control isn't as like strict or things like that mm-hmm. um and people are more um like along that party, like they probably have that often more so in the South with like guns. Yeah. America. <laughs> right. Oh man. Like Florida. <laughs> like fucking Florida. <laughs> so actually one time I was at a door in Florida and Palm coast. Um, and someone was like, I forgot what, I don't remember exactly what they told me. And my, I think it was my brother-in-law who was with me at the time. They said something along the lines of, Oh, we were asking him, like, what about you thinking of, like, free will or things like that? Like, trying to tie it back to God and how God gives us free will and things. And he's like, well, I know free will allows me to have this gun here in my back pocket and take it out and use it if I need to. And, like, you could tell he was saying, like, get out of my get out of my face. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you have a great day. <laughs> I wonder, do you know if, like, anyone's ever actually been shot as a Jehovah's Witness? So I haven't heard anything. I've heard of something where, like some and this is a wild story so like i honestly don't know if it's even true but i've heard of where and it's been so long ago i heard it's a game of telephone right that game where two sisters which like in the congregation women are sisters and then men are called brothers um which is i'm like most churches i'm sure um but two sisters were at a door somewhere and it happened to be like this guy at this door was like either a kidnapper had kidnapped someone. Either he had kidnapped someone and they like were realizing it and they went and were kidnapped themselves because they were at his door and they heard something and looked suspicious. I don't know. Something where like they were either kidnapped or they found a kidnapped person at someone's house. Like I forgot exactly how it went. But like that's never been. Usually if a lot of those incidents happen, then the religion will like put out a worldwide kind of notice and be like, hey, like take more precautions, like use these uh, measures to avoid dangerous situations. Damn. So do you, so, okay. You have to be born into this, right? This is not something that like people are just actively searching. Oh yeah. I want to be a Jehovah's witness now. Well, it depends. So like for instance, in my family, so it's me and my three sisters, I'm number three out of four. And um, one of my brother-in-law's, my dad and my mom and my sisters and I all came in differently. So for instance, we'll start it with my mom. My mom, her mother, there are different terms in the terms of religion. So there's an active publisher, which that means like you are someone who goes actively to the church or the congregation. And well, and then, okay, so in terms for our conversation, <laughs> like 101. Yes. We never called it church. We called it the meetings or the kingdom hall. And you meet in the kingdom hall. And so that's when I refer to kingdom hall or meetings, it's referring like going to church. Gotcha. When I refer to elders in the congregation, there's a kind of like 
the bishops or like the fathers or have you want to refer to like the leaders of the congregation there is disfellowshipped which is what i am where i am shunned by the congregation and those associated with it and then there are inactive ones who are ones who um either are no longer going to the meetings but they're not really living like what they call a debauched life right they're just not going and they're baptized you have to be baptized to be considered one of these things mm-hmm. um then or they're inactive and they're living like i could have just stayed inactive technically um and just never gone back to the meetings but lived the life i want to live and still have had my family and friends stay in contact with me but i chose to get this fellowship so those are different terms publisher inactive disfellowship elder kingdom hall we will i'm gonna like reference those a lot in our conversation okay so um my mom's my grandma was an inactive publisher so she wasn't going to the meetings my mom's dad was fellowshiped um very tumultuous relationship with him and my grandma so my mom growing up they sure grew up in harlem near new york so she just her mom worked three jobs her dad was a fellowship and her, and her brothers kind of just ran around the city and they knew they did they didn't do holidays and they didn't do certain things at home because that's how their mom raised them but because she was not actively involved in the congregation and she didn't just didn't have time to go to meetings and things she didn't really instill it in her children so my mom would do holidays at school or my mom would you know she she i never like she never talked about these things but i'm sure she like had sex she had sex before marriage right well she did she had sex before marriage with boys because these teachings were instilled in her. Now, when she was pregnant with me, so she had my eldest sister at 17, and then my next one at 19, and then me at 21, so like very close in age. So when she was pregnant with me, she started, something happened in the world, like that something severe, I think like a terrorist attack or something happened in the world, where she thought to herself, she remembered teachings that my grandma had taught her, and she thought to herself, oh, this is the end of the world. Like, this is what they talk about in the Bible. Like, I need to go back to Jehovah. And so she was never baptized or thing. So she called a local kingdom hall and was like, I, here's my background. I want a Bible study. And so at that time, she was at home with her three kids while my dad worked like all day to support the family. So she just would have like four hours a week of Bible study. Like every, like four days a week, someone would come over and help with us, right? And like, and then also do Bible study with with her. So she eventually came in that way. My dad was raised Catholic, Mex- like Mexican traditional Catholic, but never was serious into it. Like it was just traditional and never put it onto us at all. And he was like, well, and then my mom got married. He had to get married to my mom. My mom said, we have to get married or we have to live apart because that's the standard in the religion, no living together before marriage. So then they got married right when I was born. And my dad never converted until I was 14. So my mom got baptized when she was pregnant with Geneva, actually. It took her eight years from asking for a Bible study again to getting baptized because they moved so much. So she had to find a new Bible teacher all the time and things like that. So then she, that's how she got baptized and came in when I was eight and Geneva was, she was pregnant with Geneva. My dad came in when I was 14. He never was really into it. He worked way too much to really be super into it. He was a really, really, really opposed to the idea of not accepting blood transfusions. He said like, to my mom, like, you will let our daughters die instead of giving them a blood transfusion. And I just can't, I can't live with that. So that was like his biggest thing. He stopped holidays with his family 
he told his family like hey like my wife wants to be a Jehovah's Witness so I'm not gonna participate in holidays anymore with you guys like he was very like supportive of my mom but did not go with her and did not like do it he studied a couple times with some people in the congregation but he never really did much with it and then when I was 14 something I guess changed in him or um he said he got really sad whenever we you know be like daddy why aren't you coming to the meeting or like he saw how we would throw ourselves into it and how we were like good kids learning Bible values and things. And he wasn't doing that with his family. So eventually he came around, he got baptized when I was 14. Um, my other brother-in-law, so me and my other sisters were all raised in it. Right. And then one of my brother-in-laws, the other way he came in was he wanted to date my eldest sister. And my older sister said, well, I don't, I'm not going to date someone who's not the same faith. That's very like taboo and you don't do that. And it's like against the regu- like the regulations. So he went to his local kingdom hall and said, hey, there's a woman that is a Jehovah's Witness too, and I want to date her. And she said that I have to learn about this, and so that I want to learn about it. Like, he was honest with his intentions as a learner for learning about it. And then he ended up, I guess, loving it and got baptized too, and that's how he came in. So in my family, I have so many different ways of how you can become one. Yeah. So but so it sounds like, because you said he, like he loves it. Right? Yeah, I think so. Like, still to this day, he loves it. Like, he swears by it. I don't know. They don't talk to me. (laughs) Oh, true. True. Um, I think so because, like, they were all disappointed in me, right? Like, if he didn't agree with it and didn't really like it. But then you you talk to Geneva, right? So I do. I do. um, But through something that I'm like, she's she's not supposed to talk to me. So she's talking to me secretively with my family. Um, and once she's like, I am so like, I want to share this episode with like people on my Instagram page, like to like learn my story, mm-hmm. the much of witness, and then to also get you people to listen to your podcast. And I thought to myself, Oh, I have to wait though until Geneva moves up here, which spoiler alert, <laughs> Jehovah's Witnesses who are listening later on, she's obviously up here. Um, because if I post it on my social media today, or like whenever it releases. Yeah. And I'm public on my social media now. And Snoopy Jehovah's Witnesses go and see it. And then they see my episode, see Geneva's. Then they'll tell my parents who will know that Geneva is talking to me. And it will spoil our plans of her moving up here. But they already know that she's basically leaving, but right? They don't know where she's going. And if they know it's with me, I think they will do anything they can to prevent that from happening. Oh, wow. Yeah. This literally sounds like... The plot of a movie. People are like, <laughs> it's like freaking Amish. I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We look at the Amish like in those shows, and we're like, oh my god, they're crazy. And then like, it's like, wait a second, when you look at us, we're crazy. You're like, you're the good person. You're the good guy, and the and mm-hmm. and the ironic thing is, your parents are the villains. <laughs> I know. This is, I know. This is what's so messed up about both of it's these crazy. things. And are you familiar with any other religions that do this, where they make you stop talking to? to your family if you leave the religion just the amish the amish yeah it's an it's it's um an interesting concept and what's funny is that well not funny but what's ironic is that i did this to my sister and i told you that a little bit before like when i was 16 my sister eldest sister was his fellowship um and it was hard like we are very very close-knit family and in a way, she was told in a way where we couldn't even say goodbye to her. Like we didn't know she was even getting kicked out. She kicked out of the house. And, and the reasoning for disfellowshipping, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, is that 
the person is spiritually sick and that in order for the person to be better spiritually, they need to isolate themselves instead of infecting spiritually the morality of other congregation members. And so them being gone gives them time to miss and yearn for what they used to have. It allows the elders or shepherds or doctors, how they kind of, you know, for in the congregation to be able to help them because only elders can talk to the fellowship ones. And it allows them to focus on their relationship with Jehovah if they choose to come back. Like it's to protect the congregation and to help the sick one or lost sheep is how they put it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I did that, right? Because I was like, like my sister was this fellowship, one of my best friends and my um, recently had been like recently my ex-boyfriend, like who had been with for years, like he also got disfellowshipped within a year period. And so like for me, I did it. I, I completely disowned and didn't talk to those people in my life. Um, and I was like, well, this is what's best for them. Like that's what you genuinely believe in. Yeah, that's the part of, of the brainwashing, right? It's yeah, yeah, and that's something I told um I told my family like I, when we were going through the situation because I told them and straight up when I left in November, I sent them a long text message because I needed to do text because I didn't want to call and cry with everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. And I explained that the text. I think I actually have the text still. And I basically was like when we told them I was leaving and stuff. And as we're going from the time when I said I was leaving to this fellowship, which is a period of a few months, and we're having these conversations with them trying to change my mind, um, I said, you guys and my friends have all already distanced or completely cut me off. Like my sister at the time, I know she had good intentions, but like if you're from the outside looking in, it's like what? She at the time didn't even let me call my nephew anymore. Like I wasn't allowed to FaceTime him or call him because I had moved out from living with my husband at the time and had moved into a worldly gay couple's house and she was not approving of that right so i said all of the people who love me who say like they support me and things like that you are the ones who have cut me off already without me even being disfellowshipped or having done anything to be warranting a disfellowshipping and i will never i'm being on this side of things i never want to be part of an organization that makes anyone feel the way i'm feeling right now like i feel so alone and abandoned and it is the worst feeling to ever feel so i'm not going to be part of something that makes others feel that way because they are thinking differently it's it's so bizarre to think that's love yeah it is and it's ironic that because they allow you to come back similar to scientology but that's the ironic part is even if you do come back i can't imagine that it's ever going to be the same so it's weird that they even allow people to return because i would feel you know like that's like you know someone does you wrong and then they're like oh well i still want to be your friend and you stupidly go back to them as your friend and it's just like a you know like the the relationship is never going to be the same because they already screwed you over in the first place so i can't imagine someone leaving jehovah's witnesses or scientology whatever uh, right. and going back and being a hundred percent okay with it. So it's just ironic and weird. And it, 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 none of this adds up to me. Well, and it's funny because I was talking to, so I have, I have connected with a lot of people within my area who I grew up with and who I knew who were also Jehovah's Witnesses and left. I connected with a lot of them mm-hmm. and we're like this little community. And I'm sure there's a huge community of like ex Jehovah's Witnesses. And we talk about, 
now this makes sense and all that makes sense. And there's a rule that if you want to apply for special service, which includes like leading the congregation, which includes serving at the headquarters as a volunteer, like all of these special things where you get a little bit more insight into religion, you have to apply for it, right? And so when you put an application down, it asks you, have you been reproved? Which reproved means like you committed a serious sin, you talked to a judicial committee about it, and they feel like you were repenting and they were like repentful. And so like you get reproved. So some of your privileges get stripped from you for a little while and you like known as spiritually weak for a little while. Um, or if you get to, so if you get the application say, have you been reproved in the last year? And you say yes or no. And the application says, have you been disfellowshipped in the past five years? Which it makes sense to ask that because if you've been dis reproved, you're kind of spiritually weak for like a year or so. But if you've been disfellowshipped in the past five years, I feel like five years, like let's say I went, let's say I went back tomorrow, Eddie, right? And I'm like, I'm gonna be Jehovah's Witness again. I get reinstated tomorrow. Let's say that happens. I can't have a special service privilege for five years, which gives them enough time to see, hey, is she seriously committed again to this? Is she seriously like back in full deep? And is she ready to get more like training on like staying in with us? Because why would they let someone have special privilege who just six months ago was like doing the complete opposite of the life they want them to live? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So like they're very calculated. It's okay. very calculated. Like right now I'm considered like even being on this podcast and talking this way, I'm what's considered an apostate, which is like the worst of the worst will never be forgiven of anything. Yeah. And like you better stay away from me. Like if, if you see like you, I am like a walking demon. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, like I not only left, but I'm speaking against it now. True. Yeah, and uh, sorry to keep relating it back to Scientology, but uh, it, to, what I want to learn. To me, it just adds up. Uh, I think in Scientology, if I remember correctly, it, someone like that is called a suppressive person, and yeah, they're like uh, they're considered an enemy of the church. Scientology sounds a little more. I don't know what the word might be, but it sounds like it might be a little more. Uh, Cause like there's, extreme. are there, yeah, maybe extreme. Are there horror stories about Jehovah's witnesses, like stuff behind the scenes that no one knows? Cause okay. that, cause that's what Scientology so has. Scientology has horror stories behind the right. scenes. I when I was at work this morning, I listened to that one woman that you and Geneva were talking about who has an accent, who she talked about John Travolta and she uh, talked about okay. like the dollars for like the eighth level or something like that. Yeah. 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 I listened to that because I wanted a little more background on Scientology before we talked. Um, and she talked about like running around the pool for 12 hours and like abusive relationships. <laughs> it's not funny, but I mean, it's just so, it's just so absurd. It's psychotic. I would be like, um, no, right? you, can, you can keep me instead because this is way more torture than being shot, whatever the case may be. Um, she probably looked great though. Like, you know what I mean? True. <laughs> Her yeah. cardiovascular health was probably like on point. I thought, I honestly was like, oh, I mean like, she's fit <laughs> yeah and that's probably what they would argue <laughs> they would be I'm like, like making a joke about it because she was giggling doing it too i'm like she can make a joke out of it too now yeah yeah um and so um what was your question oh extreme things so this is something that's actually kept me from going back so i watched the very okay so the very first thing i ever watched that spoke out against jehovah's witnesses was the leah remini special on the, her scientology show on hulu Season three, episode one, if any of y'all want to listen to it. Um, I share that with everyone who asks, like, what kind of life did you used to live or why did you leave? Things like that. How was it? Um, 
And I've encouraged my friends who have left as well. I'm like, share this with your friends, share this with a significant other so they can understand. So um, I watched it and it was so enlightening because I remember when that came out a couple of years ago, when that specific episode came out, I remember there being talks among congregations and like parts on like our schooling and things like that about staying away from these types of shows and teachings that they are apostate thinking that they are dangerous to watch and listen to whatever. So going into this, I was nervous. Like I was probably like two or three months out and I still had held on to my, I've only been out for nine, 10 months now, which, you know, I feel like I've made quite big leaps in 10 months mentally. And as far as my beliefs. So at this point, I didn't know what I quite believed any yet. I was not holding on too tight to the belief, but I also hadn't found a new one. So I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure. So watching this, it was crazy because we had been told, don't watch it, don't watch it, don't watch it, don't watch it. It's all false information. And it broke, it had, it broke down everything I grew up believing and my lifestyle section by section by section from the preaching work to our main beliefs about heaven to the our beliefs about the end of the world to our um disfellowshipping everything how women's place in the organization and i'm like i remember it having excerpts from certain articles and certain like um gatherings and conventions that i myself remember reading like i remember these articles i remember studying them in depth i remember these exact talks and broadcasts so I know it's not a fake because I was so I was just in it. Like I know this is all up to date. This is all real stuff. And then the very last segment of that, oh, and it touches on suicide also in the organization, which is so brushed under the rug. I feel like, but it talked about also in the very end child molestation. And I, you know, you hear the like, like Catholic like Catholicism is like super known, right? For like you yeah. know priests touching boys and things like that, right? And you never, I've never heard about Jehovah's Witness stuff. And it was the Australian, it was basically like an Australian courtroom. And it was really popular, this specific video, where Australia, the branch office of Jehovah's Witnesses in Australia had been keeping a record on file of about a thousand, more than a thousand pedophiles in their organizations, just in Australia, in the congregations that were not reported to the authorities that people came forward and said like inappropriate things have happened and rather than bring it to the authorities, they tell the victim, well, the Bible has a rule that you have to, it's a two witness rule. There has to be someone coming forth as well in order for us to give judicial punishment of some sort. And so let's say I was sexually, I was not, but let's say I was sexually assaulted by someone in the congregation and I went to the elders and said, this happened. They'd say, was there another witness to this? And I'd say, no. And they'd say, well, we can't do anything about it. And so when this came forward, they did not deny it on these videos. So that's why, and I just was appalled. And then after that, it was a rabbit hole. And I actually have someone, I have two accounts. I have a good friend of mine now who left. And when she was explaining to me, when she was younger, she was assaulted as well, spoke to some people about it in the congregation, her family and things like that. And the elders did nothing about it. And this person was not reported. And she was so young, she couldn't do anything about it, right? She was very, very young. And when it came back up later on in her teen years, like the memory came back, 
she started to feel all this anger and resentment and realized like, oh my gosh, like, so my, her dad was an elder in the congregation. And so he knew who the offenders were. And so she starts to think like, oh my God, there were certain people's houses I wasn't allowed to spend the night at. And my dad knew who the offenders were and that's why he wouldn't. So he's protecting me, but the whoever's parents are an elder, which is when like eight or nine in the congregation, their kids were just, could just go. Could just go and like, you know, get sexually assaulted if, if they, if, if it happened because they're not being warned in the congregation about it. So then another friend of mine, her and her mom and her dad all left. Her mom was going to law school, which is higher education. It's like not encouraged. Law school is definitely not encouraged while she was a Jehovah's Witness. So she, she, I, I'm talking with her after I left. Nick's asking her why she left. And I want, I'm trying to like figure out if my choice was right. And she tells me that when you go to law school, you have access to um, these different websites that give you all the cases in America, right? Like you can only have it if you're a law student. So one of the days they said, you know, we want you to start using this resource. So everyone go to the front of the class, type in something in a search bar of these like cases and see what comes up and like just start reading to the class, something like that. So she was like, I'll go first. And she's like, super excited. she's, you know, because Jehovah's Witnesses, we learned about cases of like winning Supreme Court cases from like, not having to pledge allegiance to the flag or winning, being able to preach on Sundays from different court cases. So she's thinking, oh, I'm going to give a good witness. I'm going to tell them about Jehovah's Witness while doing my classwork because you're encouraged to preach in any way you can. So this is a form of preaching for her. So she types in Jehovah's Witness and hundreds of thousands of cases of covered up child molestation come up as far as like lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit against the Watchtower and Bible Tract Society where the victims are being paid out millions and millions of dollars to keep quiet. Millions of millions of dollars that the Watchtower Bible Tract Society have that are all voluntary donations from their baptized publishers. Like you are encouraged to donate voluntarily. There's no tithing, but you are encouraged to give of your heart and to donate. And you can donate to what's called the worldwide work, which is preaching. You can donate to Kingdom Hall Construction, or you can donate to advancing kingdom evangelizing or something like that. I never saw a box for donating to cover up molestation, but maybe I was in the wrong kingdom hall, but that's what they're doing. They're covering it all up with paying out victims to not say anything with the donations of the people who have no idea what's going on. There's no, there's no, like they're very transparent. Like they read like the monthly expense report for the congregation. Here's what we got in donations here. We've we spent in bills. But they have never been like, hey, guys, we're using part of your money um, to cover up lawsuits against in the congregation that's worldwide. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, oh, man. It's deep. It's some deep shit. Yeah. And, and the ironic part is I used to live uh, in Palm Coast here. I, I used to live at European Village, which you have to pass. Yeah. You have to pass the, uh, the Palm Coast Center. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Like, I would always have to pass that on my way to, to go home and I would always look at it and uh this was like right as I started to s sort of get into the Scientology thing and and I and I would see pictures of Scientology buildings so I would look over to the left as I'm driving and I would be like man this kind of gives me Scientology vibes and now like just everything is connecting so I wonder because what okay so I mean I don't have any comments on what you just said because that I mean it it makes sense that 
stuff like this can happen, does happen, and mm-hmm. then they just cover like that's the that's the cliched story, right? It's just oh, it's always a money cover up. So here, let's right. let, let's cover it up. Let's slide it under the rug. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. that it happens, um, but I don't. You know, it's it's not. I like. I can't say that it's shocking. You no, know, it's, yeah. For me, it was. For I mean, you, I'm it was. sitting there like in tears, just completely shocked. Yes, because you're so involved in this uh, religion that you think is that 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 is doing nothing but good, right? That's always how it's always advertised. Every religion, and this is honestly why. Like, uh, I was thinking today, I was thinking like, this is why I really don't have a religion. Like, mm-hmm. I identify as agnostic. So, I mean, I oh, guess that's cool. so, I guess that's a religion, but really not. It's just sort of like no. it's it's belief. yeah, it's just sort of like how our screen is right now. It's like there's a line in the middle, and I'm yeah. sort of in that line and I'm trying to decipher, okay, there has to be something, but I don't know what that, that like what that thing is. Yeah. 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 So like, I mean, universe, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. It, it, it's it just, that's the way that it makes the most sense to me. I think that, you know, if, if this offends people, then it, it offends people. But I think every religion, no matter what people say, I think it's all a work of fiction to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. We're all just looking for purpose and, And so to make that purpose feel more meaningful, we have to create something that makes us feel like, okay, now at the end of this journey, this is who I'm going to meet. This is who I'm going to, this is who I've been serving my whole life. This is, and honestly, I feel like we have it all wrong. I think when, when the lights go out, I think we're all going to have a big wake up call in terms of what it actually is, you know? So I, 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 I I definitely think there's something at the end of the road, but what that something is, I, I think it's. I don't think it's God. I don't think it's Buddha. I don't think it's Xenu. Uh, if you're in Scientology, I don't, I don't think it's Jehovah. I don't think it's any mm-hmm. of these people or things or beings. You know what I mean? So that yeah, that's that's how I sleep at night. But I mean, I forget where I was going with this because I just went on a tangent. But um, it's you're just, talking about that's why you're not part of religion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but to go back to the Jehovah's thing, it's like I can't make comments on that because that's on like that's just a, like that's just life. You know what I mean? It's just you have seven, eight billion people in the world, you're, you're going to consistently have nothing but bad eggs. So, you know, it, and they're not excluded from a religion. So no, I agree. And that's the thing. They're trying to be like, well, you know, there's bad people in every religion and, and, um, don't let the bad actions of, you know, you wouldn't let Jehovah is our father and you, your brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters, you wouldn't let if your brother or sister mistreated you in your house, you wouldn't just move out and leave mom and dad. You would stay and know that like it wasn't dad's fault. Like, that's how they make it seem. Yeah. Jehovah is it, so Jehovah is Jehovah is the the Almighty, God, right? The Almighty creator of everything. But you never you never refer to him in terms of God or any of that stuff, or can you? No, yeah. God is a title, God, Lord, Almighty. And I see we, they. It's just a habit. Um, God is a title, Lord is a title, just like President, man, he, she is a title. Okay. And then Jehovah is his name. Just like you're a man is a title, but Eddie is your name. Gotcha, gotcha. It personifies him. Okay. But then I think I, uh, I think I might have overlapped with you when you were saying something. Did you say something about Jesus as well? Jesus is his son. So like Jehovah's Witnesses do believe in Jesus. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They think they don't because they don't do holidays, like celebrate Christmas and Easter, but they are like hardcore into Jesus. Huh. 
like mm-hmm. the like like the same image like everything that it, like like christianity believes in yeah he doesn't have long hair though he's not scraggly he's got a six-pack he's got a six-pack <laughs> he has <a> six-pack <laughs> and wow. he um he has like short kept hair um but he's supposed to be a perfect human so a perfect human man would yeah. look like perfect yeah of course yeah he's going to the barber shop every every other yeah, friday yeah. <laughs> fresh, like, like what he has a six-pack that's not okay. relatable. <laughs> probably have a six pack because I don't think he had time like work out and he walked a lot if he was real. But like, I, I mean, know. I give a little more credit to Christianity. At least they made him scraggly, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have food. He doesn't have a place <laughs> to live. Like, yeah, he's a little more relatable. I mean, he's a carpenter, they say, but I mean, I don't think that's gonna give you a six pack. Just saying. Yeah. And um, I mean, have you have you seen the Passion of the Christ? No, we're not. No, you haven't seen that yet. No. That's a good movie. And for someone like me, again, not not very religious. It's just a it's a very interesting depiction of of that supposed event, and it's yeah, it's very. I mean, if you're kind of squeamish, if if you don't like violence, I would suggest not watching. Oh, I it. don't. I don't. Okay. I don't like gore. Yeah, it's not gory. It's just very bloody. But I mean, either way, that know. is gore. That's what my boyfriend said too once. He put a show, a movie on for me. I think it was Zombieland or something. And I'm like, is it gory? He's like, no. And like five minutes of all the blood. He's like, that's not. I'm like blood is gore. Zombieland, I would think is okay. So here we go. Like, all right. So we're 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 going off onto Zombieland, and but like, real quick, we're detouring. Z- we're coming back. Yes, yes. Zombieland, I I I I think is gore because you have an overabundance of gratuitous violence versus something like Passion of the Christ, which is just him being whipped consistently. That's, oh, that's okay. That's different. If there's no like, yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. You I know can what I mean? Watch, like, I think if it's gratuitous, over the top, too much, then I think you're getting into the gore aspect, like the okay, Saw fair. movies. Okay, the Passion of the Christ, I think, is just graphic, bloody violence. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. I have to look into it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I would watch it now, right? Um, and just be like, oh, cool story. Like, I would be like, oh, that's not happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. My beliefs have changed so drastically now. Oh, I bet. Um, so quickly, and I was very surprised how quickly they changed. Um, so my boyfriend is evolutionist atheist, <laughs> which is the complete opposite. So um, hold on. So hold on. So what's the difference between an atheist and an evolution a- atheist? Oh, he actually heard that. Hold on. Are they the same? He's going to explain different? it. He's going to explain he it. Looked over and everyone was like, hold on. <laughs> Do you mind if he makes a cameo? I don't care. <laughs> you want to explain that? No, it's, I mean, they're not. The well, hold on. Thing. If you want to say it, you have to come stay in the mic. I can hear you. I can hear him. Yeah. You can hear him okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily the same thing, and they're not necessarily different things either. They're definitely related. But I know of people that don't believe in God, uh, but they also don't believe in evolution, which is okay. kind of, you know, well, how did we get here? Uh, I don't know. There's some other explanation. Like a Wiccan. A Wiccan doesn't believe in evolution or God. What did you just say? A Wiccan? A Wiccan. They practice like, tr- like natural r- witchcraft. Someone at my... As, as opposed to artificial witchcraft. Okay. <laughs> Someone... <laughs> I like him. I like him. Someone he's a keeper. More. He's a keeper. We'll keep him for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually has cool stories too. He was um, a pilot and he no was shit. in Brazil. He's cool. Cool guy. Yeah. I actually got um, my, um, not my commercial or anything, but I do have a uh, private pilot license. I, I, can, I can, That's dope. I can fly oh, single engine aircrafts. Yeah. That's, he has a private pilot's license on. Nice. So yep. I never be too scared. <laughs> um, but like Wiccan practice, I had someone I used to work with at the same place you and I worked at. 
Okay. Yes. Um, yes. 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 So this is yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> me before this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she um is a Wiccan, and she they don't believe in God, but they believe in like nature and creation and things. And but so they're wow. not evolutionists either. So they're di- a little bit different. That's amazing. It's so, so crazy to me, all this stuff that, you know, but it's so it's to me, it's so obvious. Like we like people that are in Jehovah's Witness, if you believe in Christianity, if you're whatever, no matter what religion you are, you know, other religions exist. Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, it almost seems contradictory that you even follow that religion in the first place because or it, to me, it's like a red flag. It's like. Why is not every single person on this planet, all 8 billion of us, every, like, why are we all not, why are, hold on, why aren't we all, there we go, Jehovah's Witnesses? Why aren't we all Jehovah's Witnesses? And we always, like, they always explain it as, well, those are the lost ones. Those are the ones that just, those are the ones that haven't gotten the, the memo yet. And it's like, well, hold on. I mean, just the fact that there's all these religions created is... To me, that's the red flag. It's like there's just too many religions. So to me, I add it up as it's it's all fiction in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's funny because there's like articles and stuff Jehovah's Witnesses have that are like how we know we are the one true religion. Ugh. Like here are the reasons why uh, we are the one true religion. And I'm sure every religion has that. Of course. Um, yeah. And when, yeah, and you think like, oh, oh my God, I was so lucky that I found it without having to look and I have, right, to, yeah. <laughs> I have to share it with the whole world. Like I used to be a full-time like volunteer. I committed 70 hours a month on top of working part-time to go preach, to go teach. I was so committed. I was like, I need to share this with people. Wow. Yeah. That's, it was crazy. It is it crazy. Dedication to a religion is is something that I just I don't understand it, and because it was sort of forced on me. Like most of my family's Catholic, so Mm -hmm. they you know when I was growing up, they would always make me go to I think it was every Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. They would make me go to like an hour and a half class at the church, and I think that's a bad way of like I don't know how you can make someone like a religion at a young age, but that's not a good way to you know it's. It's like I already went to school from seven to three. Now I got to go to this thing from five to six thirty seven, and it's just not like I don't like I don't want to do that. I want to stay home and yeah. you know blow shit up with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time, the first Saturday after I left, I got to sleep in and didn't feel guilty for not going preaching. And I thought to myself, okay, so this is okay. I'm not like, this is okay to do because my schedule before was insane to the point where I was like running myself into the ground. I was a wife at the time and also worked full time. And I was also, I was also going to the gym six times a week, like trying to get in shape. And so and I was trying so, so hard to be this perfect Christian sister wife that like, not sister wives, not polygamy, like a sister in the congregation and a Christian wife that I, so 
Monday, I'm sorry, Wednesday and Sunday were like meeting days. So that's already like an hour and a half to two hours committed to going to church or the Kingdom Hall. And then you have um, Thursdays, you have to, or they encourage you to do a family study with you and your family. So at the time it was me and my husband. So every Thursday we had an hour after work where we sat down and did Bible study together. Then we hosted um, the preaching group that met hosted in my home. Um, so like every Saturday they'd come to our home, like 15 people and we'd go preaching together, but they met at our home as one of the meeting spots to like coordinate beforehand. So I had to make sure my house was presentable for that. You have to prepare for the preaching work and any of your return visits or Bible studies you're going to go on. And I would go in the preaching work. So I worked a full-time job. I go to the gym six times a week. I was going to meetings and having Bible study three times a week. You take two of the other days to prepare for your two meetings and your weekend preaching. I would preach from 9 a.m. to like 2 or 3 p.m. a lot of Saturdays. And that was my life. Like, that was my life. And if I had social things, it was a baby shower or like, um, I don't know, like, honestly, boring shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just so draining. They were like, if you if you have too much free time, you're not doing enough for Jehovah. And you need to, you, oh, I was helping like a blind sister go shopping because I'm like, oh, I have to give to like the people who need help because Jehovah wants that for me. So I had no, no, no time for myself. And it's exhausting. And I felt like I was never doing enough and never meeting enough standards um, because they expect so, so, so much out of you. Yeah. And they don't even allow you to hang out with people that that aren't in the religion, from my understanding, correct? Like you, you literally cannot associate with. Yeah, and that's why it's hard to leave. That's why I, I fortunately <laughs> did listen to that. Um, so one of my coworkers for the past five years, um, she's gay, and she became one of my best friends, but I could never tell anyone, and. I would be like, oh, like she wants to, and I could say her name on it, like she's not here. Um, she's like openly gay and married and stuff, but um, I could say like, oh, I'm going to go to Jay's house because um, she's going to help realign my like neck and back. She used to be a physical therapist and I'm going to give her a pedicure with her so I don't have to go to the chiropractor. And like, I would like make up reasons to go. And I she, sometimes we have Bible conversations because she loves Jesus and it's like me preaching to her and I would try to find excuses to see her and spend time with her without my husband or my family being like, why are you hanging out with someone who's gay and worldly? And she actually is the one who I ended up moving in with as soon as I left my husband. Like she was the one who took me in with her family. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And um, I had other people who I had connected with and who had gotten drinks sometimes with, like I did enough with them to where it wasn't noticeable enough to the rest of the witnesses. And this, I did this intentionally. Like it wasn't like I was planning this whole time, but I did enough to like, I wanted to be around them because I really enjoyed them, but not enough to get the attention of other witnesses. But they were able to be my support when I left because mm -hmm. the Jehovah Witnesses community make it so hard for you to leave. Because if you leave, especially if you were raised in it, you lose everything. Like, you lose the only sense of community you've ever had because you didn't have community at school because you weren't supposed to. 
you don't make friends outside of work. Like your friends are not at work, but if they say grab dinner with me, you're like, oh, I um I can't because I'm busy. Or if they say, hey, like, do you want to like um get together and go shopping? Oh, I'm like I can't. I have other arrangements. You find so many excuses not to hang out with people, even though you really want to. And so by doing that, the only friends and the only support you have is within the congregation. So you know, if you leave, like you you lose all of that. Mm. That's yeah, that's not good. Like none of this is good, but that's, I think uh, I was telling you on the phone yesterday, I think uh, this whole, whether it's uh disfellowshipping or disconnecting any word that starts with a dis, uh, <laughs> is, is like, that's, I think the worst part, you know, and I was talking to, I was talking to Geneva. I don't know if we talked about it specifically on the podcast because I was aware her parents were your, your parents were, mm-hmm. uh, in, in close proximity to us recording. So I think I might've stayed away from that, but I, like, I really wanted to kind of hammer down on the fact that, you know, if she never talks to them again, like, what does that do to somebody that like, what does that do to you? Like when you know that you literally have a parent, right? So it's not like they're dead, you know, Mm -hmm. you have parents that are on the face of this earth right now, as we're recording this. And yet, Unlike me, unlike a lot of people out there, you can't pick up a phone, dial them, call them, text them, email them, send them a Facebook friend request, even though you don't have Facebook. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what does that do to somebody? And that's one of the most powerful parts of that Leah Remini show. She talks to a lot of people that wish that they could talk to their family members and they can't. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like, it's um, for me, it's extremely difficult. I mean because my parents are serious about it. Like some people get disfellowshipped and their parents still talk to them. Um, and they find like, excuses to talk to them. You know what I mean? Or their parents just aren't as strong spiritually, so to speak. That's the term they use. And so they're okay talking with them. But like you are not, if you are a strong spiritual person, you are not to be speaking with them. And so my parents follow that very strictly. And we are, when I say like, you could ask anyone who knows my family and they're like, you guys are so close. Like the Rubio family did everything together in an unhealthy way, actually. Um, <laughs> but did I, they even like my entire family moved to Florida together. Like my sister was married. My other sister was getting married. And my dad asked him, like, would you hadn't even been, been proposed to yet, but was like, we're moving to Florida in a couple months. Like, are you willing to relocate there too? And he did, but he worked for my dad. So it kind of worked out. And then my, who at the time was my boyfriend, but my ex-husband, he was asking my dad permission to date me at the time because I was 18 and like, that's still my dad's old school. And he, my dad said like, I mean, yeah, but she's moving to Florida. Are you willing to relocate? That's how close my family is. So I knew that I would never talk to them again unless someone died. Like when I was about to be disfellowshipped, my mom called me like, Whenever I get a phone call from my family, my heart sinks. Like it's, it just dies because I know something bad's about to come. So I got a phone call from my mom like a month or two before I got disfellowshipped. And she was telling me that one of my uncles died. Um, and like, it sucked. But like that was the only communication I had with her. And then now, unfortunately, she's texted me a few, th- I've texted them one or two things, but about my safety with things. Like I texted them during we had a lot of riots in downtown Columbus during the George Floyd um, things that were going on, the Black Lives Matter movement and things. 
and my mom's a worrier and she's a news junkie. And so I was like, Hey mom and dad, like, I just want to text you. You do not need to reply. Like I'm not trying to like break your standards, but I want to let you know that I'm safe. Like I'm sure you saw the national guard was deployed in Columbus. I'm not downtown. I'm not going downtown. Like I'm safe. Never replied to it. And, um, then, but my mom then texted me something a few weeks later, um, basically like shaming me. I think she's disappointed in some of the things that I was doing that she saw on social media, which weren't crazy things, right? So she can pick and choose <laughs> when she wants to talk to me, but it feels like they're dead. Like it feels like my family's dead because, and that's so hard. Like it's, it's so hard to grieve your entire family at the same time. Like I've, I've been gone for months and I've gotten a lot better to this point where like, I used to come home crying. I used to cry every single day. Like when I say every single day, um, it was literally, sometimes it'd be at work. Sometimes it'd be at home and then be driving. Anything thinking about my family just completely destroyed me. But now it's to a point where I'm able to, um, I have more mental resilience and a more emotional strength to where I'm able to not cry all the time. But literally just yesterday morning, I was doing my hair for work and out of nowhere, I thought of my mom and just, I mean, that I just started bawling and then I get it together and I get ready for work and leave for work. Like I have moments like that still um, because they are good people. Like I was ra- like, you know, Geneva and you've met me and we're not bad. We're not bad people. Like we got all of our personality traits from our parents and they really are good people. And there's, uh, there are so many good people religion and like friends and things like that they're just so misinformed and misguided that they genuinely believe like they genuinely believe this is how their life is going to be saved they're gonna have a better world and like that and so they're just like grabbing at anything they can to like save someone they're just misinformed like if mom and dad or my sisters or my ex-friends and things were not in the religion they'd be the dopest people like they're so cool but unfortunately their main part of their life is something that has them so misguided and narrow-minded that it destroys natural family arrangement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can definitely, uh, you know, cause I've known Geneva a little longer than, than I've known Abigail Rubio. Um, but, mm-hmm. but you know, Geneva is, this is the ironic or like, I guess it is ironic, but it's more amazing, I guess, than ironic is, She's so um, she's so unique in the way that she, you know, has been able to kind of go through this. You know, like I would think that this can kind of you either fall into one of two categories. You become a rebel and in a bad way, a rebel. You become like a man, fuck Jehovah's Witnesses. And and, 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 and I'm going to just I'm going to be the, the total opposite and then you have people like Geneva who don't like it, but yet it seems like she's been able to maintain some kind of a a decency about her. She she has you know she she's a great person, and um, being so young, being eighteen, you know, I applaud her for it because she's you know that's the uh, you know obviously I think it's like what twenty five is when your brain fully develops or whatever the cerebral cortex yeah. or whatever i'm probably messing it up but <laughs> you know she's still in that development stage so it's amazing that she's been able to hold on to i guess the like the the ability to now that she has left or is in the process of leaving um 
she'll be able to have a like a rebirth similar to you. She'll she, you know she'll be able to have a rebirth at 18, 19 years old, which is amazing to me. Um, so you know, yeah, you definitely have a like a good family system in terms of how I guess the genes maybe that you guys have. You know, I don't know, but no. mental resilience from just growing up in a Hispanic household—they're brutal. Yeah. So, yeah, when you were talking, I was thinking, right? So let's say, let's say Abigail is, okay, so this is very hypothetical, 100%, but let's just say you're the creator of everything, right? So you're, you're the Jehovah, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say this for a second. You're, you're Jehovah, you've created everything, and now you have all these little minions, right? So you have your little people Mm -hmm. walking on earth. Would you actually want to have people f- believe and do stuff that just, you know, it, it's like basic human instinct to not disassociate from your family, right? That's like a, like, I would think that that's just a, something ingrained in you, right? This is my family. So I'm going to, like, I'm going to stay with them until the, until the end of this journey. You wouldn't want your minions to come up with a rule, right? That, that makes them so that they have to disassociate from from following you like it, it I would think you would just want people to to live a life and then if they if they want to be with you in the afterlife okay cool great well then we'll do it but it, it it just seems weird that the creator has an agenda you know what I mean yeah that's weird yeah. to me no it's great that you mentioned that because I've said that before I've said you know what because my friend, she also left the same time I did. Like I have a best friend. She left the same time I did. Like we actually reconnected. We, we were in a, the shoe aisle at Target. Like we had just reconnected. We were both married. Um, we had a little falling out for a couple of years and then we we're kind of reconnecting, but um, we were in the shoe aisle at Target when we had this epiphany together. Like we opened up to each other and had this epiphany of like, wait, you hate this too? Like, let's leave. And we like made um, like a plan, but we we're like, okay, we're going to do it. Like, we're going to support each other when we're together. Like, we're going to help each other through this to leave. And something I told her was, you know, if let's say that this was all like real, right? Let's say that Jehovah's Witnesses are the true religion and that the only way to like live forever in a paradise at the end and to like have God's favor or whatever is to follow this. Well, I don't want to, and like, let's say at the end of the day, like, because I wasn't serving Jehovah God, I get destroyed at Armageddon, the end of the world, right? I don't want to serve a God anyways forever who destroys me because I want it to be happy and live a different life. And if he is the also merciful and also loving and forgiving as the Bible puts him out to be, then he and like the knower, like the reader of hearts, then he should be able to read my heart and empathize and know that like I wasn't happy, I was confused, I was conflicted, and I made a choice for myself and suffered extreme amount of pain and trauma, emotional trauma along with it to be happy. Like, and if he can't see that and see like, oh, Abby, I get it. Like, I I can see why you left. I can understand the reasons as to why you didn't go back but I like know that you're a good person. If he can't, I don't want to be around anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the way I look at it. Like 
if he's up there and he's real, I don't personally believe anymore that he is. Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm agnostic. I believe in like, there's something, there's um, the universe somehow is, I don't know how, but it's there and there's amazing things. Um, then if he's up there and he's real and things like that, then he should be smart enough and empathetic enough and have the best emotional intelligence of any being to know that I am a good person. And if he wants to destroy me because I didn't follow certain rules, then I'm going to be here. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. It's, well, cause it's like, if he doesn't see that I, that I'm flawed, right. And he's supposed to be incredibly perfect. perfect. She, yeah. it, they, whatever's PC now does to, to say, uh, mm-hmm. what, wh- like whatever that is, they, they themselves are flawed. Right. So, then there's another contradiction. So see what I'm like, it, none of it adds up. It's all, it's all human created. All right, let's yeah. be real. And we're all on this, this thing, whether it's round or flat, we don't know. Um, and it's, it's floating and we don't know how we got here. We'll come up with theories about big bang theories and all this shit. And that doesn't even add up to me because then you say, well, what was before the big bang? Oh, well then what was before the thing that created the big, well, you'll never figure it out. You can always say, well, what if, well, like what was before that? So just, you know what, here's, here's, here's the one one for this episode. If you haven't, if, if you haven't figured out anything else, but hopefully you did because this has been very enlightening on my end. It's just, you know what, wake up, do good stuff, and there go to go. bed and, and go to bed at night, okay? And then do it again. And then at the end, hopefully, it's not lights out. Because have you heard of that uh, that that theory of eternal oblivion? Have you heard of that? Is like hell? I no no hell. I mean, at least in hell, something's going on. Oh, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in hell. Oh, okay. so I never believe. Well, I mean. That's probably good. One more thing to like have to like figure out. I was gonna say like you don't really want to think of a hell because that just sounds yeah. bad. Uh, Eternal oblivion is literally just like lights out and that's it. But you, I think they say you know, like you're aware that it's lights out and it's just darkness forever. Can, like can you imagine? Oh, that? I hate that. Can you imagine that if that's true? That's the freakiest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, I'm not scared of death because I just feel like nothing happens. That's me. I'm just like, well, I'll be out. I'll be going back to the ground. Like, I'll be turned into a fertilizer. You're not scared of death? I'm not. I'm not. I no, am. I never have been. Part of it is because I'm scared of like the, like, I'm scared of like being in pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I wonder like what happens after it because for me, I'm like, well, did what I got to do. <laughs> I'm here and I'm going. Like, I don't need to live on forever. Like I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not worried. I don't need to know if there's something afterwards. That's me. I just, I've never needed to know. I've never, and maybe it's because I grew up thinking I knew, right? Based off what we were learning, like, here's what happens after you die. Yeah. Um, but even when I let go of those beliefs and the, that faith, like, I never was like, well, then what really happened? Oh, what's the real truth? Like, I just never really, I don't know. I'm more of like live in the moment kind of person. I like plan, but I'm also like, let's just like have a good time. That's all you can do, really, you know, because what do they say? It's the past is gone and tomorrow hasn't happened yet. So you only have now. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I guess I, well, no, because I am, I am a, like, it's funny when you're a kid, you don't really think of it, right? You think this, this life, you think everything about it is 
permanent. You think this can never cease. And then as you get older, that's literally one of the things that continuously pops up into my head. It's like, damn, today is done now and it's never coming back. And did I do something that was actually productive, that was actually helpful, that was actually beneficial? Did I do something? And then sometimes it's a yes. Most times it's no, you just sat around and you, and you Netflixed and it's, it's very upsetting, you know, and I just wish that when you were younger, you could have that, that kind of frame of mind. Cause I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like I would have done a lot, a lot of things differently. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I know what you mean. I'm a revisionist. No, I, I like, I love the idea of like revising. I like that too. I like that too. It's funny. You said like you wish that you would have had that mindset, like did I do anything productive or things? And you mentioned earlier, like a rebirth. I think that's a great way to put how my mindset is now, right? Like I, I've realized in the past few months and having left, like I was for my friend who left with me when we want to like take chances or take a risk or things like that. I'm like, girl, we have a whole new shot. Like we have a whole new life to live now. Let's make it count. Like we went through all of that. We, you know, left our husbands, we left our family, like we left a whole religion. Like we go through all this stuff. Let's make it count now. So like that has moved me to like, look at my whole life, right? Like, am I making choices that are gonna make a difference? Am I living a life, am I thriving in life or am I just going through the motions? Like, I'm in a corporate world right now and I know like, I know now, like before I'm like, oh, I'm gonna climb this corporate ladder. I'm gonna like be, you know, corporate, corporate. And now I'm like, oh God, this is just an end to a means so I get going on what I really wanna do in life. And I have like new passions for things and like for life and for experiences because I do get basically a whole new life now. Yeah to restart yeah yeah so in, in like in that way and i i don't know if i might have said this to geneva as well in that way you're very very unique and very lucky because you know most people just have this one kind of you know timeline now you've exited one timeline and you're on timeline b so now you can always refer to timeline a and go well see this is this is why i'm happy i'm on timeline b most of us are stuck on timeline a and we're unhappy with timeline a yeah you know that's a good way to so in that way, you know, you're, you're, you're a little better off than most of us, but it just sucks that you had to go through, you know, all that, all that, uh, yeah, it did. It did. And I'm still going through things and, but I think it's like, it's all perception, right? Like you made a good point. Like you're like, Oh, that's, that's like so cool. You get the new timeline because I know people and I've had people who have left and who don't have the best perception on the situation. They're like I miss my family, I my family. And like, I'm lonely and I'm, you know, this is a hard world and I can't do it. Yeah, it is hard. It's, it's very hard. Um, and they go back, right? Whereas me, I'm like, yeah, this is tough. Um, but life's going to be tough either way. Like whether I'm, when I was Jehovah's Witness, I had tough moments. When I'm not Jehovah's Witness, I have tough moments. Um, but if I didn't have like the perception of like, I have a whole new life, rather than being like, I lost my old life. If I was still grieving and clinging to that old life, I think I, I wouldn't have the resources mentally to not go back. Like I would miss my old life because I was too scared to start a new one. Mm -hmm. Yep. How are you, how are you, um, how are you going about now that, um, sorry if I get this wrong, are, are the, cause you said they're stepchildren, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So how are you going about raising children and now that you know you basically are agnostic and you're 
your boyfriend, husband in the future is going like yeah. is a atheist essentially. So it's like like is 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 religion a big factor for you? Like do you care where they fall? Do you not care yeah, where they you fall? Might so um, I have to ask that because oh, okay. um, um, X and I don't have a relationship yet. So I like never want to like overstep. I gotcha. Like, I gotcha. You know, um, it's very, we're very fortunate to where um, his ex is also not religious at all. Um, and so she's not like, and I say fortunate in the sense of like they're on the same like pages yeah, that yeah. Are but very supportive in the sense of like um and then the um i won't say names but the boy he is nine and already does he's doesn't believe in god like he uses facts um my boyfriend has been very like fact-based and has been teaching them a lot and like just shows them facts of like science and life and things like evidence-based evidence facts sorry evidence-based facts let me clarify or just evidence-based evidence-based <laughs> you want to pop on you want to pop on <laughs> i'm good basically like he's basically like if you know make sure whatever you believe in you have evidence for it okay and so they watch things and learn things and see things and they're like he's like yeah he even asked me one time i remember because he knows like i've i've sat them down he's he, my boyfriend let me sit them down and like talk to them about what I believed and you know, my family disowning me and like, they know, like they, they've seen me cry about being upset and things like I want to expose them to that. Yeah. And he's great to let me expose them to that. Um, they're nine and 10. And, um, he asked me a couple weeks ago, like, Hey, do you, Abby, do you believe in God? Like he asked me and I was like, no, I don't anymore. I don't. Cause he, he's like, yeah, me either. He's like, they just, he's not up there. Like he just didn't believe it. Whereas the girl, she searches more into things as far as like, I think that's concerned. We've talked about how we think she's going to be a little more into stuff. Um, she talks like Greek mythology and she, I think she will be, we don't know, but I think she'll be more like spiritual and things okay. based off of the things she likes now. But if they one day, if they woke up tomorrow, I mean, I don't know about you, Fabio, but if they woke up tomorrow, I'm like, I want to go to church one day. Let's okay. go to church. We'd be, like, we'd be like, let's go to church. You want to yeah. see it? Let's go see it. And if he wants to become a priest one day, then he can become a priest. It's like... I will never, and he will never, not let them choose what they want to do. If they want to be like a serial killer, like, honey, you know, different career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I strongly advise against that. <laughs> yeah, like he's even said before, like, to the boy, like, if you want to go dance, go dance. If you want to, you know, be a ballerina, be a ballerina. Like, just support your kids and, like, whatever they want to do. And, yeah. and learn what they want to want to learn and go from there. You can't tell them no. You can't do something if it's not harming anyone, if it's making them happy. Very true. Very true. That's yeah. that none of them want to be Jehovah's Witness, but if, if they do one day, then I'd be like, well, let's go to Kingdom Ball. Come on, I'll go with you. But then, but then, but then, <laughs> wouldn't that, but wouldn't that mean that you couldn't talk to them? If they got baptized, but it'd be different too because they lived in my household. Let's say like let's say like they were seventeen. Let's say they were fifteen. Yeah, yeah. And they were baptized as Jehovah's Witnesses, and I was so accepted and lived in our house though because I'd be their stepmom. Like they would be able to like communicate with me. They'd live with me and like that. But let's say they were 25 and moved out, and I, they wouldn't be able to have much contact. Okay. So that's the thing. I, if that made them happy, if they chose that to make themselves happy, I'd be hurt, but that would make them happy, and that'd be like, that's your, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Shame. Wow. That's that things is like I can, me and people, I, I see homosexuals and like gays or LGBTQ community. I don't know what the correct political term is right now, right? But LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. they are the most 
from my experience, and I have a lot of close friends, they're the most loving and caring and kind people, yet they're the ones who are judged the most by the religious community, you know, and like frowned on the most. So it's so crazy to me how like the people who religious community judges and frowns upon, like my my family and friends judge and frown upon me, I'm sure, but yet I'm so accepting and okay and understanding of the life they choose to live, even if it means disowning me. So why can't they, who are preaching love and kindness and biblical principles, treat everyone else with no judgment and with love? Yeah. Super critical. Yeah, it's very. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, do you see, uh, do you see the, the religion ever kind of um, undoing itself on its own? Because I, because I, I, like a lot of Scientology people, like critics and whatnot, they believe, you know, maybe in like 50 to 100 years, Scientology will be non-existent pretty much. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Scientology was created by a science fiction writer. Yeah, I heard that. It's so odd. And, and I, like, I heard about the chasing the evil spirit thing. and It's not odd if you think about what the religion says it is. What? And it makes perfect sense that it was a science fiction author. Because it's all crazy yeah. science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because... Uh, um, uh, Leah Remini was actually on Rogan and that's one of my, that's one of my all time favorite episodes. And he was like, you do know, or like when you're a Scientologist, do you know, and I'm pretty sure this is factual, uh, L Ron Hubbard, that's the guy's name. He wrote more fiction than any, than any human that that's pretty much ever lived. So it's basically some guy tripping on acid who made a religion probably. From my under, like for like, from all my talks with all these people that were in the, that were in the religion, he, he, because his uh, like the first book you have to read when you're in Scientology is called Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health. And back in the 50s, when he came up with this stuff, he wanted to incorporate it into standard practices. So he went to, I forget the name of the of the corporation, but like a, like a real high up corporation that can mm-hmm. that that can start you know making that stuff be practiced like across the country, they basically turned him down. They were like, dude, you're off your rocker, man. Like none of this stuff is going to work. So that's why if you watch like Tom Cruise talk to, to, to like to Matt Lauer about uh, psychiatry and, and all this stuff, like that's why they're so against it. And he basically went off and he was like, well, screw you guys. I'm going to create my own thing and I'm going to start. So that's why it's like a cult in a way. He, like he, he, he basically went rogue and created his own thing and that's the first book you have to read i'm literally looking at it right now because i actually bought it just to read it for shits and giggles and it's funny it's called the modern science of mental health and it was published in the early 50s and they've never updated it so it's not very modern (laughs) it's not very modern yeah that's so weird yeah definitely check out the show definitely check out leah remini's show I need to, no, I'm done. I want to, like I said, I've been around the whole, like Jehovah, ex-Jehovah Witness things. Um, oh, why did I, I thought of something when you were talking about that. Hold on. When you first started, oh, you asked if it's gonna like go away at some point. Yes. Yes. Will it kind and of it, like dissolve itself? Oh, I don't think it will because it's so well organized. It is like a little ant farm so well so well organized and um my friend sent me something on 
um, spiritual abuse and spiritual trauma. She's talking with her therapist about the stuff she experienced being a trans witness. And it's interesting because I'm like, oh, I've never experienced that, like being spiritually traumatized or spiritual abuse. But when you look at it, it's crazy because you're so manipulated to believe so many things. And one of the things that spiritual abusers prey on are people who are going through, like, are grieving something or are, like, it listed. Do you mind if I pull it up real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, hold on. Because then we talked about, like, oh, my God. Is it a YouTube video? No, it's um, literally something from her therapist, her professional Mm -hmm. therapist. Oh, okay, okay. um, stuff on spiritual abuse. Hold on. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to pull up with that. I don't know if you've ever seen it, that Tom Cruise thing I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. And you might going to read it now, though, but you can keep pulling it up. Yep. You can read. It says, you what? You can read. Yep. It says, people who are spiritually abused generally desire love, acceptance, intimacy, and the positive attributes of spiritual experiences. Um, Many have been hurt in other areas of life and are seeking a spiritual connection. Um, Abusers tend to sense this and take advantage of or exploit it. And so um, people who tend to get abused spiritually are ones who have deep insecurity or emotional sensitivity um, they have a genuine intent to pursue truth. They have a deep longing for love, emotion, trust, and intimacy. They have a belief that love is earned or they're during periods of crisis or major life change. And so it's interesting because Jehovah's Witnesses are like taught to like we like there are times when you go to like a graveyard and you look for people who are like visiting their dead loved ones and you go talk to them about like the resurrection hope. Like you're preying on their emotional vulnerability at that time yeah and you don't realize that until you're out or like it says someone who has a deep longing for love emotion trust and intimacy so there's a lot of like people with troubled backgrounds who maybe didn't have like a father figure in their life or didn't have like a good family community in their life and they pray on that like hey but you come to have witnesses look at all this community you have like unknowingly like the people who are going to preach are using a method to prey on spiritually, like when I say spiritually, I mean like people searching for like spiritual experiences on um, people who are like weak or feel like a void needs to be filled. And that's who they pray on. Because like me and my other friend, very independent thinkers, very like asking questions. I want to know answers, give me reasoning. And I was told once, like I asked too many questions. Um, there was a time when I was almost disfellowshipped beforehand um, twice because of just situations I got myself into and same with her. And we both realized that like the elders never, like they're supposed to like try to reach out for you and like grab you and hold you to stay. Mine didn't. I think they were like, you know what? I'm independent thinker needs to get out of here because she's messing up our flow. She can leave. Like they never were like, can you reconsider? Or like, can we come meet with you and talk with you? And same with her. Whereas other people who were like, kind of like, wanting to leave, they're like trying to realign their thinking because they're people who they can manipulate. I'm not. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all about that manipulation, right? That's what it is. Tom Cruise thing you had pulled up. Oh, the, um, 
can you all right so here we go uh for 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 anyone that because unfortunately not yet but it will be at some point we were talking about this also this will be a filmed <laughs> podcast um but if you want to watch along it's going to be tom cruise's heated interview with matt lauer which in hindsight it's like two bad people essentially talking um but here we go i want to put it on the screen for abigail and can you see it yeah okay cool and let me know if it sounds good because I think it'll sound okay on my Tom end. Tom Cruise, it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks for the movie sounds star. Good? His relationship with Katie Holmes spawning okay. a thousand tabloid headlines. Okay, so they basically talk about the movie that's oh, coming out. I tease him because I. Oh, War of the World yeah. This is Tom Cruise in his in his forties, trying to become or stay relevant for a younger audience, and that's why he's out there. Talking about this relationship with this lovely young lady who happens to be sitting right over there. I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible because I can't stand it. Yeah, he's funny. All right, so here it goes. Here, right here. I think actually, you build antidepressants and Ritalin for kids. Here's a sneak peek. It's very impressive to listen to you because clearly you've done the homework and, and you know the subject. And you should. And, 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 and you should do that also because just knowing people who are on Ritalin isn't enough. You should be a little bit more responsible in knowing. I'm really not prescribing Ritalin, Tom, and I'm not asking anything. It gets a little testy, and, and you'll see that coming up in our next half hour. And then the tone of the discussions took a turn. I've never agreed with psychiatry, ever. See? Uh, before I was a Scientologist, I never agreed with psychiatry. And then when I started studying the history of psychiatry, I started realizing more and more why I didn't agree with psychiatry. And as far as the Brooke Shields thing is, look, you gotta understand, I really care about Brooke Shields. So he just basically goes on and on and they get into like a little back and forth of, you know, if it if if this stuff works for people, then why do you have an issue with it? And he's like, you know, because you know, because there's other means to go about it. So he like he's basically like a PSA for Scientology. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ironically, John Travolta does not really talk a whole lot about Scientology. Um yeah. Very rarely. And I mean, Tom Cruise hasn't either. I think after this interview, actually, right here, back in 05, I, I literally, I don't think he's ever talked about it publicly. So it's very interesting. But I don't know. When I, when, like, when I went down this rabbit hole, I was like, all right, I think I'm done, like you. But I've seen some of the Mission Impossibles. I was like, I think I'm done with this with this series. I, <laughs> like, like, I think I'm just done with Tom Cruise going to like see him in the theater, supporting him directly, you know. I'll, yeah. Uh, I'll put my money. They probably want him um, talking about it because it makes them look so wacky. They are wacky, but it makes them look wacky. So they're like, yeah, don't talk about it. Oh, yeah. Between this, because I think this was right around the same time he did that famous jumping on the couch thing. Yeah, on Oprah. Yeah, on Oprah. So I think they were like, hey, Tom, you need to dial it back, buddy. Um, yeah, I'm interested in learning more about Scientology to see their connections between that and Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm very interested. Yeah, well, this is really interesting because it seems like it's a role reversal. So now I'm more interested in Jehovah's Witnesses, and, you, <laughs> and you've been like encased in Jehovah's Witnesses. Now you're, you're honestly, let's be real, you're probably sick and tired of, of the like the the the. What am I trying to say? The the letters J and W. There we go. You're probably sick and tired of those letters. So now you want to find some other letter. And I'm the same thing with the letter S. So there we go. We've helped each <laughs> well, other. Someone at work the other day, she and um like our business like chat, like Skype link chat. She asked me a question. She goes, uh, she's like, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. 
And she goes, I'm JW, but she like, I'm just wondering, but immediately I'm like, I was witness what? Like, and I freaked out for a minute. Right. <laughs> I was like, I've done things and told her things that I don't. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Cause it's definitely like a, a trigger, but I'm never tired of talking about it because I hope to one day, like, I hope it's like a resource for people. I hope that the people who want to leave, that they somehow stumble across something mm-hmm. of whether I've said it or someone else who's left has said it and they have like the strength and the resilience to be able to leave. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not alone in doing it. Yeah. hundred percent. And you're uh, looking into, cause you are, uh, you shared on your Instagram. You were like, should I start a podcast or should I start a YouTube channel? I voted for podcast cause I'm biased. But... I, know. I know that's what I want to do. It just seems like that honestly, they have the best most time for that rather than filming something. Yeah. That's, Honestly, that's that's the exact reason why I started doing it because I was like, yeah, like the the video thing, you have to make sure that you yourself are happy with the visual yeah. aesthetic of the whole thing, and it's yeah. just easier to just do a an audio thing. And yeah. um, but unfortunately, like like we were saying, uh, I I think it's a fact that most people are visually oriented, mm-hmm. so people would rather watch something and listen to it than just strictly listen to it, but. Yeah, that's what my votes are saying too. Yeah. So. so we'll see. But yeah, I'm definitely going to, whatever platform I decide to use, I'm going to talk about that subject at some point, you know, maybe like a series or something. Good. Um, like it, it really puts me in a position where I could never go back ever. And I'm okay with that because I'm so confident and so firm in this now that I'm okay with not being able to go back. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, uh, well, look, um, I think we'll round it out here, but, uh, the final, like, this is the big one. Like, this is the big question. It's okay. your parents decide, Hey, look, we effed up. We, uh, we made a mistake. This is not the way that it should have been. And we can't get that lost time back, but we can go mm-hmm. forward and we can be happy, healthy, and we can be productive together. Are okay. you, are you open arms or are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyone. Anyone, anyone, anyone who's there, I'm very, very forgiving um, to a fault, honestly. Excuse me, over sometimes. But yeah, I mean, because I was the same way. I mean, I was I was in their shoes doing exactly what they did to my own sister, to my own friends before. Like, um, And if I was a Jehovah's, I understand why they're doing what they're doing. I don't agree with it, but I understand it completely. Um, so yeah, anyone who at some point either comes out of that or it stays in it, but welcomes me back. I'd be more than willing to reconnect that <clears throat> relationship with them. Cool. Good. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be seeing Geneva soon, right? That's soon, the plan. Very soon. Sorry to steal her. Oh, I'm hoping she goes back down. I think she will at some point. I don't think Ohio's going to be for her forever. Yeah. Like I'm bittersweet about the whole thing. I'm happy. She's, she's, you know, obviously starting over and she has you to start over with, but it's like, Oh man, I just started connecting with Geneva. Damn it. So, but- She'll have to visit then and go down at some point. I mean, I too, like I miss the beach. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. No. Yeah. So, well, look, I really appreciate you reaching out. That was really cool. Like I, like I said, I had to kind of look at my messages and be like, who Abigail Rubio? Why does that seem like it might be related to Geneva? So yeah. normally I just delete the things. I'm just like, eh, I don't want it. Cause like a lot of them, <laughs> like a lot of those messages I get are, Hey, do you want to increase your following? And it's just like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. I'm so mind <laughs> so the universe we like this needs to happen yeah yeah this was a lot of fun very enlightening and um again uh i hope whatever platform you choose is is uh the way that you want to do it you know 
and people need to hear about this. So, because well, I had I had no clue about Jehovah's Witnesses being similar to the destructiveness of Scientology. Yeah. Very similar. If you ever want more resources, I can always reach out to friends and people who may be interested also in telling their own story. So you just let me know. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do the outro, but just stick around because I like to take a screenshot and okay. share it on social media if that's cool. Okay. Yeah, right. that's fine. Sweet. So uh, do you want people to follow you or do you not want people to follow you right now? Oh, for sure. I just actually, I need you to wait a minute. Check out my last post on Instagram because I was like doing this podcast with you was kind of like, this big climax and turning point for me and like my like living life unapologetically. Uh -huh. So definitely follow. I'm, and you know, then you'll see kind of why okay. when you read that. And what is it? It's uh, cause it's not just your name. It's at, Oh, I know. Oh, I had to make my new Instagram account. It's not the <laughs> name I wanted. My old one has it, but it's, it's a, which is my first initial of my, of my name, Nixa N I X A, which is my middle name underscore 1201. Okay. There we go. Yeah. A Nixa underscore twelve zero one. Yes, and hopefully Abigail Rubio is not taken because <laughs> that would be, <laughs> like like that that would be really cool at Abigail Rubio. It just has like a very author name. It seems like you would see uh, that like next to Stephen King and and uh, Dean Koontz at like a Barnes so. and Noble. Maybe I'll change it then. Yeah, but follow me. For, I'll change it like next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll update it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening and just hang on. We'll be right back.